Welcome to the Chronic Spoonful podcast, where we discuss real life with real chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real life spoony living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We hope this will be a place you can go for updated spoony info and where you'll find humor because, you know, we're a little crazy, important information, and community. As a disclaimer, we just want to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we are not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not MDs, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We are so excited um, to start off our three-part series now on cannabis and chronic illness. We kind of told you guys about this last week that we were going to start this series, and we are starting it. So um, we're, we started this series because cannabis can play a large role in helping um, treat chronic illness, treat the chronic pain, um, help, you know, in a world where doctors are hesitant to prescribe opioids. Um, there's a lot of things that cannabis can do to, to help make us feel a little bit better. So we want to go through this three-part series um, talking about what cannabis is, what it can do for us, how it can be incorporated into our lives, nutritional aspects of, of uh, cannabis. We have a special guest on our very first part of this series, um, Michael McGee. Michael McGee is the founder of Medical Cannabis DIY Community, which is an all-volunteer patient helping patient community to assist medical cannabis patients learning to customize and save money by making their own cannabis capsules, tinctures, oils, and edibles, as well as learning about their medical cannabis needs. So um, this is, this is a, a group open to medical cannabis patients and their care, caregivers from all over the world. Um, welcome, Michael, to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is cool. We are so excited. Um, we'd love to hear a little bit more about your story, more about um, you know how you got involved in all this. So can you tell us a little bit um, about your background, how you got started with all this? Okay, I'll, I'll try not to, I'll try to condense this down within the time. <laughs> I, could, I could tell you this story for the next hour, honest to goodness. <laughs> Uh, 1975, I was a senior in high school. I was rehearsing for a gymnastics meet, uh, boys gymnastics on the tumbling mat, and I did a tumbling run, and I did something wrong, and I landed straight perpendicular upside down on my head. Uh, and I collapsed on the floor, and are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, fast forward 40 years. I've had back problems most of my adult life. Tons. I've got chiropractors who could write books about me. Um, but anyway, so fast forward to 2011, I have a chiropractic adjustment because my shoulder hurts. It's fine that night, but it's worse the next day. And I'm in my doctor's office getting tight on all fours. And he basically said, uh, and my doctor of 20 years, okay, um, if this isn't cutting it, you really need to be in the ER. And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking ER. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I, I went out to the car and just before I got in the car, I'm sitting there holding my shoulder because it hurts so bad. And she looks, my wife looks at me. She's like, you're going to freaking hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so that, my wife. that was my first neck injection. I've ultimately had two. The doctor ultimately called me once I got the test results back. And um, sometimes you get a call from the doctor and the doctor, you could tell in his tone, he's scared mm -hmm. and upset giving you the news. Yeah, I could hear I could hear the emotion in his voice when he told me that I had three herniated discs in my neck and stenosis that already started oh, all wow. in my neck at about 48 years old, something like that. So they recommended surgery in 2014, which I actually looked it up on YouTube. I don't recommend that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We, we, we tell people all the time, yeah. like, be careful what you look up on the internet. Um, I immediately had a panic attack and couldn't sleep. And my doctor obliged me by putting me on Xanax, 
that I was on for the next seven years. Oh, wow. So in, in 2016, I ultimately had surgery. I had a, a, an open laminectomy. So the, from C2 to C7, the spina process on the back of your spine, that little bump that you feel down the back of your neck, mm-hmm. they cut off five of those. Oh. So I have what's known as, in my head, a sunroof on the back of my neck. There's no oh. bones back there. My fat head is only hold, held up by the muscles in my neck. The stenosis is, is the shrinking of the canal. So that was giving me nerve damage along with the herniated disc. So some of the some of the nerve damage is in my fingers and hands and it was causing pain. Other nerve damage affected my gait and I don't walk properly anymore. And I honestly have the bladder of a four year old. Uh, I don't know I have to go to the bathroom until I have to go right freaking now. And that's all from nerve damage from the stenosis impacting my spinal cord. In 2016, I applied for my medical cannabis card. At the same time, I applied for disability because I could no longer work. Somewhere along the train of life, around 2012, 2013, my company was sold. The company I worked for was sold. My future was uncertain. And I had a a bit of an emotional trauma regarding my job and my career and my future. And that trauma translated into an acquired brain injury. I, I quickly realized I couldn't learn new Excel uh, methods, new Excel formulas. Um, I couldn't multitask. I was having trouble choosing off of a menu at a restaurant. So ultimately, we went through some more testing. I thought it was early stage dementia. I thought it was brain fog. That's something that the chronic pain community is, that's a term everyone's heard, right? Brain fog. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's what, I, oh, yeah. that's what I thought it was. I thought it was from all of my opioid use and, and benzo use and muscle relaxers since 2011, but it wasn't. Um, I thought it was early stage dementia, but it wasn't that either. They sent me for more neuropsych testing to reveal an acquired brain injury. Wow. And believe it or not, the acquired brain injury was the checkbox on the form that ultimately got my disability case approved in December of 2017. March of 2016 to December of 2017, I was a medical cannabis patient with no income in Illinois. Wow. One of the most expensive, one of the most expensive states programs there is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was forced by necessity to cash out my retirement fund, my 401k, and deposit it in my checking account and use it to pay bills and, of course, to trial and error with cannabis for my first year, almost two years. So that's kind of the beginning of the story is becoming a cannabis patient and why. Um, My future without cannabis was opioids, benzodiazepines, and muscle relaxers for life, and experimental treatments and surgeries. I've had all the therapy, I've had the neck injections, uh, I've had the surgery. Uh, my last diagnosis, diagnosis is called post-laminectomy syndrome. Mm. And that's a fa- fancy doctor word for the surgery didn't work. So all of the problems I had before, I have after. That's awful. So I'm yeah. basically a chronic pain patient now with a, with a brain injury. So that's the opening. Uh, that's kind of how this all got started. Um, the whole having to be a cannabis patient in Illinois, um, and I, we'll talk at some point about pricing and things like that, but uh, it was very difficult. Uh, it was very difficult. I, I couldn't get the kind of help that I needed. I can tell you the story later or whatever, but it was December of 2017 when my disability case was finally approved. I bawled like a baby in the lawyer's office. It was insane. And within a couple of days, I started the group that is now Medical Cannabis DIY because I had learned how to do some things to save money, like make capsules. I was making my own capsules, and I was showing people how to make capsules before I started the group. So that's kind of how the group came about and why I started it, because I needed the help. And as soon as I started it, it blew up, and I knew lots of other people needed to help as well. Yeah. And and I think that's true. And I think, I think people, you know, I think, I think people still think of cannabis as something illegal and illicit and, you know, it's just, 
uh, you know, to, to use terms my parents like to use, you know, dopers. Well, not yeah. my parents, my um, parents have been using it, cannabis it, it, forever, but, you know, like. It's... In much of the country, it is that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, in, in much of the country, it actually is that way. So it's a relatively new thing. I got in in uh, 2016. The Illinois program started in 2015. So we're, what, six six years yeah. into the program? So it's not a huge surprise that attitudes haven't changed all that much in six years. <laughs> right, um, right. I mean, in, in high school, they know, planted marijuana plants by the police station as a joke. Sure. So the police station hasn't been able to get rid of the marijuana plants because it's That's brilliant. Literally, it is. That is awesome. Back. Um, <laughs> I know people that do that. I know people that do that with mushrooms now, but that's another story right. for another day. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> but you know, it, it it's it's just it it has it it has a history of 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 not being looked at as something helpful. Right. It has right. a history of being looked at as drug abuse, and right. so it's it's. I think it's we're we're looking at something that. It has gone through a history of ups and downs though, because it didn't always have a history of being something illicit. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Correct. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. I think the the first question you guys asked me is what's the history of cannabis. (laughs) And um, I am clearly not qualified to answer that, but I will tell you, I will tell you a couple of things. There are people, there is a school of thought that believes that some of the herbs talked about in the anointing oils of the Bible is cannabis. Yes. There is a whole school of people that believe that. Uh, it's pretty clear that cannabis goes back long before the Bible, um, mm-hmm. but let's not even go that far. In <laughs> 1947, there was a bill put through Congress that was called the 1947 Tax Act. What that did is it outlawed hemp and marijuana and cannabis from any kind of use. Hmm. Now, as this law was being pushed and promoted, if you look it up, it'll piss you off because it's an ugly story. Um, Story of the government lying to us, imagine that. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, um, there were doctors in in the early 1900s. You could not become a doctor and graduate and take care of patients if you didn't know how to make a proper cannabis tincture. It was part of the required teaching. They used it in so many forms and fashion as a painkiller, as this, that, and the other thing. And it was required learning for doctors in the 1900s. And they went to Congress and they told them, do not do this. We don't have anything to, to substitute for what hemp and cannabis do for us in the medical profession. And they did it anyway. Mm. And that's what gave rise to the pills in the plastic industry. That's sad. Hemp was out. Hemp was outlawed because the great grandson Dupont was launching a plastics factory. Wow, well, that's not shocking. No. So anyway, so little bit of the that a little smidgen of history. Okay, just a couple <laughs> of you know, it's been with us a lot longer than most of us. Um, it's natural. It's it's there's mm-hmm. <laughs> the other the other problem before we got to the history was the, the specter of drug use. Everyone thinks that, well, if you're gonna, if you're gonna take cannabis, so you have to smoke it. Right. So they've, they equate it with drugs and with smoking drugs. And I don't smoke, I, thousands of people don't smoke. Um, I'm an asthmatic, smoking is problematic for asthmatics. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> true. So, so there's lots of ways that you can take cannabis medicine without ever lighting a joint uh, or doing anything untoward that your grandparents would be ashamed of. You put it in a capsule and everybody takes pills for crying out loud. <laughs> well, you know, I, I worked in the criminal justice system for, you know, and Nicole knows this for a, a while. And I'd sit in front of judges and that all thought this was a gateway drug. You know, for a long time, people thought cannabis was the gateway drug to- They were told that. Yeah, they were lied to. They were told that. They were lied mm-hmm. to. Because very few people started with cannabis as a gateway drug. You know, if you want to go into gateway drugs, alcohol can be a gateway drug. More people started drinking before they started using cannabis. Absolutely. Um, 
it, it we we were lied to about cannabis being a gateway drug and actually right. when i was in criminal justice classes we didn't talk much about cannabis being a gateway drug we we learned more about illegal growing um, lost, really lost stuff. that mm-hmm. yeah and we learned about cannabis being illegal as far as the law goes, but right. gateway drug was propaganda. Propaganda, yeah, total propaganda. It was really propaganda, <laughs> and it was a really, it was really troublesome for us as far as enforcement. You know what? You know who else is troublesome for? Is troublesome for a senior citizen who isn't having any luck with the pills that they're giving them, and they just want relief, but they're afraid, they're embarrassed, they think they're doing something wrong by considering cannabis as medicine. They have guilt. I had guilt. Yeah. I did too, for a long time. I had less guilt. I I grew up in a household. I grew up in a more liberal I thought I thought cannabis was a gateway drug for the longest time. I didn't want to try it for the longest time. And then I had to do my research and I'm like, I am, I've gotten all the wrong information. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's a, there's a definite need to change people's views on the history of cannabis and the history of how we got where we are and the legalities of it and the lobbying that went on because by by certain industries. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's still yeah, that's still happening. Oh, it's totally <laughs> it's, still happening. Yes, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it hasn't really changed a whole lot. I tell people all the time that um, most most states did not legalize cannabis; they simply got in the business. Yeah. Yes, that is a hundred percent truth. <laughs> They just got in the damn business. This is bad. This is evil. This is wrong. Wait, we can make money on this. Hey, let's give this a shot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That is so, wait, we can tax this? We can tax Uh this? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. We can make money off the taxes on this. Right. Yeah. Right. And all the licensing up front and all the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a cash cow. Uh, I, I truly believe that that's how why medical cannabis got pushed through Illinois was the backdoor talks of all the money they're going to make once it goes wreck. Oh yeah. Agree a hundred percent. Yeah. They looked at Colorado who did it, who did it first and they saw that the money, how the money was coming in and that was it. That's what the state, other states did. They're like, well, we see them making money. We can make money too. And the the saddest, one of the saddest decisions that they made, I'll try and get off my soapbox here in a minute, um, (laughs) was was when the legislators made the decision that the dispensary price for medical patients should be approximately the same price as what someone would buy on the street. Yeah. They did that so that someone who was a medical patient wouldn't go and sell it. But what they effectively did is they made it so most medical patients couldn't afford it. Yeah, hundred percent true. Effect, that's that's exactly what they did, and it's gotten worse, not better. Certainly in the state of Illinois, yeah. uh, can't speak for other states, but no, it's the same. It's the same here. It's it's a little cheaper, I think, for medical patients in California, but not much. Yeah. It's not it's not a huge difference. It's uh, awful in Illinois. It's it's awful. The prices here are awful. They're, they're, well, it's they're it's more expensive in Illinois than it is in California, even for yeah. me off the street. Yeah, I don't have a medical card, so I walk in and as a retail as a retail buyer, and I still get stuff cheaper than Nicole does mm-hmm. as a, with a medical card. Um, we talk about it all the time. We compare what we're buying, and she's like, "You got that for what?" Yeah, we and- have members all over the country, and in, in fact, all over the world. And I'm shocked at uh, what some of the members are able to buy product for in their mm-hmm. local areas. It's it's insane what we pay yeah. here. It really is. But it's why we do what we do. Home grow has been huge for people in Illinois and other places that can do it. So now they've got a supply of of flour to work with. The other thing that we discovered probably three years ago as a cost saver for us as patients, Mm -hmm. there are many people that need a a, a blend like a one-to-one or a two-to-one or Mm -hmm. So much THC is too much CBD flour, and they need that type of a ratio for the medical benefit that they need for their illnesses. Now, at $60 a quarter um, or an eighth ounce for flour in Illinois, whether it's full THC or all CBD or one to one or 15 to one, 
you can buy 100% CBD flour from Oregon um, for $40 an ounce, and you can make any damn ratio of flour you want and save yourself a ton of money. We've been buying hemp out of state for probably three years, so long, in fact, that we've got discount codes for our members to save even more money buying from our partner farms, people that want to work with our, our, our members. So for our newbies here, because, because this all makes sense to Nicole and me, but I think some people might be a little confused. So for our newbies here, describe what you're talking about. Like, cause you're talking about hemp, you're talking about weed, you're talking I about will. CBD that's, and that's cannabis. A good point. So let's, that's let's, a good point. let's get to some basics here. What, what is the difference between, let's start with the difference between hemp and weed, because we talk about hemp, we talk about weed, we talk about all that different. What is the difference? Okay, I, I honestly, I almost never use the term weed. I almost always use the term cannabis because I'm 63 and I'm anal and I'm a medical <laughs> patient guy. So that's just ground in my head. But let me, let me say this. I'm aware of three times of cannabis. Cannabis indica, cannabis sativa, and cannabis ruderalis. Ruderalis is the hemp plant. So there's, a, there's three types of cannabis. There's a sativa, there is a indica, and then there's hemp. There's a ruderalis hemp. Now within that, there's all these different cannabinoids that you're going to find. TH, in, in the raw plants of hemp and all of them, it's going to be THCA, CBDA. Um, everything's going to have an A after it because it's an acidic molecule. It's in the raw plant. Now, any of these plants cannabis or hemp has amazing anti-inflammatory properties if you were to grind it up in capsules put some oil in it and take them you will have an amazing anti-inflammatory response in your body because that's what thca cbda and cbga does flip the coin many cannabis patients are pain patients and they need thc for their pain so if you're going to take a raw flour product and make it psychoactive so you get a buzz or get pain relief from it, you have to decarboxylate it, which is a heat process. That happens pretty quickly when you're smoking a joint. The heat from the fire decarboxylates that cannabis, takes it from THCA to THC, and by the time you're done smoking it, you've got a little bit of buzz. So different cannabinoids do different things. So this is where I hate to say this, but there's a lot of research involved in finding out what the CBD does versus CBDA do. Guys, I used to, I used to run a call center in an e-commerce environment. And so every year I would have to hire 200 people, oh blow the staff up tenfold, and in 10 weeks, get rid of them all for the Christmas rush. And I used to tell them, learning customer service, in this job, there's a thousand rules and a million exceptions. <laughs> So cannabis is the same way. There's a thousand rules and a million exceptions, okay? There's lots of different chemicals, um, cannabinoids, terpenes. We haven't even talked terpenes yet, but there's so many things going on in these different plants that they're all beneficial for you in one form or another. Cannabis sativa, cannabis indica, cannabis ruderalis is basically your hemp variety. When you go to the dispensary, you'll hear things like sativa is to help you stay active and busy and indica means in the couch and just supposed to be very sedative and things like that. And for many people, things do work that way, but for many other people, they work a hundred percent the opposite. So again, there's nothing that's always going to work this way because we're all so different in, in how we process cannabinoids. So uh, within the, um, You've got the different uh, cannabinoids, CBD, CBD, CBG, THC. They all do something a little bit different. Uh, and terpenes. Because I think they play a role, you know, in processing, you know, I, I think it's more complicated, you're right, than just sativa, indica, CBD. It, it so I think the terpenes play just as big a role in what you're taking than just... Yeah, well, they basis. absolutely... Yeah, they, they 100% do, and, and I'll try and explain it, and then I'll tell you a story to explain it. Maybe I'll tell you the story first, now that I've lost my train of thought. Um, when I, it took me six months to find my strain. Now, if you're a new patient and you've just started the program, you don't really know what's going to work for you, and it took me mm -hmm. six months to find my golden ticket strain. It was OG18 by Cresco Labs. 
I was getting it for $250 for an ounce of popcorn buds. It was brilliant, uh, buying two a month, and it was 28% THC. And once I found that it worked, I quick got a lab report and I memorized the terpenes that were in it because I had a hunch that it was the terpenes that made it work. So over the next six, eight, nine months, I was buying that product, watching it go from 28% to 26% to 23% to 21% to 18%. When it finally got down to 13% THC and it didn't work for me anymore, I quit, I quit asking about strains and buying things and I started buying terpenes. So the practical side of the story is, I know what terpenes I need, I know what terpenes, I know what effects they give me. And so whatever flower I get, I add my own terpenes. I'm not dependent on the product that the dispensary offers. I'll buy what I have to buy, and then I'll doctor it up with the terpenes myself. Now, terpenes. Terpenes are nothing more than the scent molecules of plants. So if we were, if I was teaching a class, I would say, how many of you cooks out there use lemon zest? And they'd all raise their hands and they know that they would scrape a little of the lemon peel off, lemon rind off. Why? Because of the terpenes in the lemon peel. That's why you do that. Okay. Oh. Let me give you another example. This one's for people that have been uh, medicating for a long time. Uh, have you ever been told that if you eat a mango before you smoke, you'll get higher? Yes. You've heard that? Would you like to know why that is? Yes, I would. Okay. Mangoes are high in the terpene myrcene. What myrcene does in your body? Myrcene makes the blood-brain barrier more permeable so more cannabinoids pass through. Oh, that's fascinating. I put myrcene <laughs> in every product I make. Oh, wow. If you go to terpenoids, terpenoids.net, I believe is a website. We did this in the group a while back. and We're probably going to redo it again. We do something called Terpene Tuesday. It just once every Tuesday, we would put one of these up there, uh, limonene, alpha beta pinene. Uh, there's, there's hundreds of different terpenes that are in each different cannabis plant. Beta carophyllene. Um, they say sometimes that black pepper will help offset you're high, like if you get too high, you've had too much medicine or a newbie, eat some black peppercorns. Have you ever heard that? Yes, I, have I heard, heard that. that. Yes. I have. Do, you know what's, do you know what's in black peppercorns? No. Beta carophyllene. Oh. <laughs> it's the I'm getting a chemistry lesson with this. <laughs> yes. Well, like I said, it's, you know, a thousand rules and a million exceptions. It's not just about CH, uh, TB, CBD. It's not just about THC. It's about everything. It's, right. it's really about everything. And the more cannabinoids you get in your system, the more effects you're gonna have and the better you have a tendency to feel. And, and I'm gonna back that up by one more statement. When you go to the doctor and they give you a new pill, you have to take X number of pills over X number of time, right? And then you take mm -hmm. another one because you've got to get an effective level of that medicine in your bloodstream for it to work. Cannabis is no different. Wow, that and, makes total sense. And you don't have to be stoned to the bone to get your endocannabinoid system saturated to the point that your health improves. You don't have to be high at all for that. And you, do you don't that have with... to worry about overdosing on cannabis like you do some of the pills you're prescribed from your doctor. That's exactly right. The worst thing that'll happen if you take too much cannabis is you'll overeat or take a nap. That's right. <laughs> Those are kind of the downsides to cannabis. You might get a headache, I guess. Some people can get a headache if they smoke too much. Some people might um, have a little bit of a panic attack. Some people have those. You can get anxious. I used to get anxious. And then I learned uh, somewhere, I read it, that anxiety, paranoia was the first sign of intoxication. And so then I stopped letting it bother me. <laughs> right? Right. But, but people say, like, if you get to that point, you, t you take the black pepper or you take Some CBD. CBD. Mm -hmm. yeah. or, you, yeah, yeah. or or here's an idea you stop you yeah. stop you stop yeah. that's right <laughs> yeah. most of the time yeah. it's people who take edibles of some sort that think oh i don't have it i i took an edible i'm not seeing an effect i'll take another one <laughs> that's true yeah i i i have an edible story I, I went to denver with my wife right after i got my card 
and we had weed from a tour guy. We had weed from a dispensary and a chocolate bar. And I did what everybody does with the chocolate bar. I started smoking, started eating, went to the hot tub, felt nothing, ate some more, mm. felt nothing. So we get to the restaurant and we sit down in this nice Denver steak restaurant, crowded, crowded place. And I lean across the table to my wife and I'm like, honey, can I ask you a question? And I'm whispering, she's like, what? Are my eyebrows on fire? <laughs> <laughs> I had this I had this sensation of heat across the brow my eyebrows that was so intense I thought my fucking eyebrows are on fire. <laughs> yeah. And everybody she busted out laughing. All these other people around us busted out laughing. Because oh tourists, be careful with edibles. You careful. can have an unpleasant you can have an unpleasant experience with edibles. <laughs> so very true. My first experience was terrible. It was with RSO and I took too much. I thought the guy was kidding and I took like double the, like what he told me to take And Oh my God. I, and I yeah, didn't know CBD would bring me down. So I just stayed like that for seven hours. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> that's uncomfortable. See, I did my research because I'm type A and whatever. <laughs> so before I took it, the edibles, I did my research and I had cannabis or I had, I had CBD ready. Like, okay. How do you? Well, that's because Nicole, you told me to do a ton of research. I did. I was like, make sure you have your CBD. Don't get, don't let what happened to me happen to you. <laughs> you know, you prepped me well. Yeah, I was like, no, no, no. Cause I used to be the person who was always like not doing any, anything around all the people who were getting high for a long time. So I was always the person when they would get paranoid, I was the person who ran down the hall to go get them, them their snacks because yeah. they were paranoid in the room and they wouldn't leave and all that. So I was used to the paranoia from other yeah. people. Because for a long time, I didn't, I never did any, like I would try it. And then I, all I wanted to do was sleep. So, well, that it, was my experience as a new patient because yeah. all I had was flour and all I had was a pipe and I didn't know anything. Yeah. And every time I would smoke, I'd feel better, but I'd take, I want to take a nap. And I'm yep. like, this isn't, this is not how I want to live out the rest of my life. Exactly. Um, so knowing the so, terpenes and knowing how to, how to, how, that, that you can do your research to find what works for you is really important because no one should should be taking cannabis and always wanting to sleep and and that's just and that's sleep your whole life away work yeah yeah that's 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 not that's not good for anybody you know oh. that's that just builds depression because you can't ever get out and do anything that's i had a question you for you michael i was how did you find out which terpenes worked for you did you just buy a whole slew of them and try them I started putting Terpene Tuesday posts out in our group every Tuesday for about a year and a half. And I'd read them when I put them out there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and That's we had people in our group, we had people in our group experimenting with them as well. Okay. So try this or try that. That's kind of the neat thing about the, the, the community group that we have is there's almost 8,000 people from around the world all of them have more, well, not all, but many of them have more experience than, than you and I. I mean, um, we have people from California for crying out loud. So <laughs> they've been doing this for 20 years. So um, you just learn so much from so many different sources. There's, it's incredible what we've learned, what we've been able to just kind of gather together as far as information for people so that they can learn. I can't remember it all. Uh, mm -mm. My partner and I forget, we forget what we didn't know back in the day just because we're still doing it every single day, making our stuff and trying to get through life. You know, every one of us are a patient. I'm, I'm a patient. I have chronic pain. I have a heating pad on my chair that's on almost all the time. <laughs> it is what it is. That's just how we live. Yeah. Um, cannabis, cannabis keeps me off of the opioids and all the other hard drugs. Well, and, and that's kind of what, you know, I, I sit in my EDS groups so often. And a lot of people are freaking out right now because they've been on opioids for years. And now their doctors are saying, I can't prescribe that for you anymore. I can't give this to you anymore because now these new laws are being passed, restricting what doctors can prescribe because of everything that has happened in the industry, in the medical industry, you know, what, with Purdue and everything else. Are they, are those same doctors as willing now to turn to cannabis as an alternative since they're not doing the opioids as a? 
No, many aren't. they aren't because of the, <laughs> so here's how screwed up it is. The federal government is restricting opioids and, and trying to tell doctors, don't prescribe this as much. This is a problem. This, the opioid abuse is a problem, but they will not legalize marijuana on a federal level. Right. We need right. to legalize it, at least for medical use, on a federal right. level. Yes, I agree. And I agree. they won't do that. Um, I agree. This is my soapbox. They won't do that. Right. Well, we have a chance right now to potentially do that in the next few years, depending on what happens in the midterms. It's it's really screwed up because they now have restricted what doctors can do. Doctors cannot. I mean, I saw my cardiologist. He's like, I you know, it's really interesting that you're you're doing using cannabis to help you with these things, but I can't advise you on it. And that's because it's it's still illegal. Federally illegal. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Right. We're all we're all in an underground system in one form or another, so to speak, yeah. because of that. Uh, I, I my initial rant was about setting the medical price of cannabis as the same as street prices. Yeah. Yeah. I get insurance coverage for pretty much all my medicine that offsets what the pharmacies charge. Yeah. But I don't I don't I don't give that. Yet the state didn't think of that, you know what I'm saying, when they set this all up. Exactly. I personally think all medical prices across the country should be bare, bare minimum cut in half. Absolutely. Bare minimum cut in half because they're making so darn much money on the rec side of things. People need a break. People are on fixed income. I'm on Social Security. <laughs> you Me know, too. I cannot, I cannot work, you know. There are lots of people that have surrendered their cannabis cars because they can't afford a dispensary anyway. And they just go back to the streets or they go back to the pills. They do whatever they can to get by. Yep. Right, because pain, pain it, people don't understand what it's like to live with chronic pain. Mm-mm. They just, unless you have chronic pain, you don't understand chronic pain. Mm-hmm. They just, so they, they, don't, they don't get it. They don't get nope. what you'll do. They don't get what you'll do for comfort. No. Nope, they don't. Mm-mm. And when they set up these cannabis programs, I, I've always believed that it's a bunch of people making rules about things they knew nothing about. Well, that's a lot of things. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. Really I mean, they didn't. They <laughs> came up with these rules without any clue what the hell they were doing and why. Exactly. Or the in, or the impact on the sick people that had to navigate these programs. Yeah. Yeah. Making it really complicated and very difficult for a lot of people, and that's that's what a lot of our listeners are dealing with. Or you know, we're we're navigating systems that we. And you're right. We're navigating underground. Even when when it's legal in your state, you're still navigating. A system that's an, a, you know, a, a cannabis system that is still underground. It, you know, it, I tell it, people it. to watch. Um, dis, there's a there's a comedy. I'm sure you've seen it, Disjointed, and where they get raided. The episode where they get raided because the fed the feds raid them, mm-hmm. and they can because technically it's legal in California, but it's not legal on a federal level. The dispensary. Correct. So it's very complicated, and it's a very complicated thing. But I want to I want to switch back to the the terpenes and and um, and trying to figure out like when you go to the dispensary. So this is kind of this is kind of like getting back to like how people find what's going to work for them because a lot of people are going to go to a dispensary first yep. when yep. they first you know figure out okay I'm not going to be able to continue with my opioids you know or the medications that the doctor is prescribing because he won't give these to me anymore. I'm going to turn to you know, marijuana, usually the first place people go is not necessarily making their own. They're going to go to a dispensary first. Right. They are. So when they go to a dispensary, what should they expect when they go there? Well, for, if you're going for the very first time, you should expect to be uh, shocked and amazed by all the products mm-hmm. and, and, and all the equipment that you may find at your dispensary. Um, do be prepared to be completely confused and overwhelmed by the selection. Yes. yes. Um, the most important thing that, that you can focus on for yourself is expressing your conditions and what you need help with and how you want to take medicine. That means if you're okay smoking your medicine, then say that. But if you'd rather not smoke your medicine, then you should say that too. You should yes. be clear about how you're going to take your medicine and how, what you're going to experience and get as much information from them as you possibly can. 
Um, the other thing that you should be prepared, prepared for, bring a lot of money. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I, I, I'm sorry. It's expensive. An ounce of flour is four hundred dollars five hundred dollars it is it's and you're not going to buy an ounce generally you'll buy an eighth which is three and a half grams for 60 or 80 dollars three and a half grams will last um a smoker a day or two something like that is that a fair guess yep it's expensive very so go for an education and go to try and try some products that they recommend because of your condition and the strain and the terpenes contained in that product. Agreed. That's, that's kind of how you want to approach this. Don't be too surprised if the recommendations don't work or solve your problem. And the problem mm -hmm. with that is we all process cannabinoids differently. So what works with me may or may not work for you. What makes me antsy and anxious may put you to sleep and vice versa. Mm -hmm. it, cannabis and your own endocannabinoid system is so individual that they will make suggestions and try and get you in the ballpark, um, but you're going to probably go a little through a little trial and error to find things you like and things that you don't like. Um, don't buy stuff you don't like twice. Yes. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> Don't let anybody convince you to buy something that you already bought once it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I don't care it's not going to work a second time. <laughs> exactly. So true. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's hard. It's, a, it's difficult to get help. It, it is. I would find other ca uh, medical cannabis patients. I would join some groups and try and get some advice from people treating your same conditions with the same process. So other people with Crohn's using cannabis to try and create Crohn's and vice versa. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. That's sense. what I did in your group. That's when I came yeah. into the group and I found, I started asking people about lupus and other autoimmune right. conditions and what they use. Right. And it was a huge help, Michael. I mean, I, that's, I wouldn't have known what to do without your group. I don't know anything about lupus. I couldn't, you know, I, nothing I could do, but Hey, why don't you post a question and ask for suggestions? Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's kind of how it works because it's a community. Um, I don't have to have, I, I don't know all the answers. We've, we've established that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need all the answers. That's right. I don't right. need all the answers because the community does. Yes. The community does. There's people and, out there that know key. the answers. That's and totally and we, we kind of say that in, in, in each episode, you know, the, finding, a, finding a community <clears throat> where you can ask the questions is really important. Yep. And, and going to the community because... Um, a, a bud tender, like, okay, so when you go, when you go to the dispensary, you, first of all, you will need to bring your ID. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. and, and if and in certain states, you have to bring your, your medical cannabis card. Yes. Right. Um, like in California, you can just go and you just have to bring your ID. Okay. Um, and then you'll usually work with a bud tender right. um, in there. And it, what amazed me the first time I went is how clean and organized yeah. everything was and, and kind of like walking through a uh, uh, it was almost like walking through a GNC, but with weed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Because, you know, everything was so like underground for so long that it was just like, oh my gosh. And there's just cannabis everywhere, different kinds, different, yeah. It's... I wanted to look at everything. <laughs> I was like, and then I've you want to buy everything. <laughs> I've never even heard of this this what is this and they're like oh, that's yeah. that's this type of oil i'm like what does that do and then, um yeah you know and then there were like tinctures i was like what is a tincture what does that do yep. and yep. uh you know there's there's uh transdermal compounds that you can rub on your skin and there's all these things patches and all this stuff and i was like oh my gosh i'm and the stuff you can give your dogs cbd for your dogs oh, yeah. which i buy yep I yep. do buy CBD for the dogs. It's great. Um, <laughs> it is great. I get very excited about things. Um, but yeah, it was so, but you work with a butt tender, but a butt tender isn't going to know all about your condition in no, the way maybe not. someone in a group is going to know about your condition. Like I've gotten, I got lucky at one of the places I went to and I was like, yeah, you know, I have EDS. He's like, oh, I know EDS. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I've had a couple of clients come in with it. I was like, do I know them? <laughs> <laughs> I might know them personally. Can I give you some, <laughs> you know, hmm. It's, it's really funny that like, 
you might be able to tell them about pain, but they may not know the pain in relation to your condition, but they really can guide you towards some things. What's nice though is when you go into a group, they can, they get more details. Right. I would, I would be as, I would be as, as, as open with the bud tender as I was comfortable being with my medical conditions and being as complete. I mean, you don't want to, obviously I wouldn't say embarrass yourself in any form or fashion, but Mm -hmm. the more information you give them, the better they may be able to help you. That's all. And like, don't be afraid if you don't be afraid to say like, I want a little high off of this because I just need a relief from the world. Like that was the hardest thing I had to say to them because like I did want stuff that relieved my pain I did want stuff but there there was like I also wanted something that like gave me a little something relaxation yes yeah and like I have different products for different things like there are just times when I'm you know anxious Mm -hmm. and I just want something to take that edge off and just get a little high like I don't want to be super high I just want a little something and so I explain that and they don't they don't care Mm-mm. that's what they're there for no one's there yep. to judge you no nope. and michael like if people are wondering about cbd just straight mm-hmm. cbd and if cbd alone can help them mm-hmm. and going what's the difference between i think that's a one thing people should understand what's the difference between the cbd you see at like the walgreens that people are selling or the gas station <laughs> or the cbd that you see at the dispensary <laughs> well the cbd that you're going to see at walmart and the gas station and I'm going to say at the dispensary, are all going to be pretty weak and very expensive. They'll be very low potency and very high dollar. I would recommend anybody that wants to try CBD, buy some CBD flour, make some oil, make some cookies, make some butter, (laughs) make some tincture, make whatever you want to make with it. You could buy an ounce of uh, CBD flour for $40. That's crazy. I mean, I, I, I haven't checked the prices today, but the last time I bought it was like $40. It's cheap. Hemp is cheap from, from uh, certified hemp farms, organic hemp farms. I mean, it's all safe. It comes with a COA. You know the terpenes that are in it. You know how much CBD is in it. It's easy to do the math on it. It's $50, $60 for a little bitty bottle of CBD oil tincture at the gas station. That Yes. <laughs> Yes. It might have a hundred milligrams. It might have a hundred milligrams of CBD in the bottle. In the whole bottle. Yep. In the whole bottle. You can buy CBD flour that is 21% CBD. Oh, wow. 20, 21% CBD means there's 210 milligrams of CBD in every gram of that flour. That's amazing. But you just paid $60. You just paid $60 for this ounce and a half bottle that has 100 milligrams in it. Oh my God. It's so true. <laughs> it's stunning the difference. Yes. That's all. Yeah. It's tragic. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So let's talk though about making your own and, and how people get started in making their own and how they can go about doing that because I think, I think some people might be interested, you know, we've talked about going to the dispensary. I think it's a great way to get started when you're first starting. Cause you know, the I idea agree. of making your own can be very intimidating. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. But after a while, yeah, you start getting tired of paying what you're paying, like for exactly me, right. edibles, because they don't make them potent enough. I can go through a, like a small bag of edibles in a couple of days and they're right. like $25 a bag. And that's just really, right. Yeah. For me, making my own much more affordable. So talk talk a little bit about like how people get started, what, you know, some, some easy ways to get started and like how people can get involved in that. I guess um, probably the easiest way people get, tend to get started is they'll, they'll make can of butter or something like that, or they'll want to make can of brownies or something along that line, gummies, for example. So depending on the product that you're going to start with, it's going to depend on how much work there is to your final product. Um, If you were to start, for example, with a raw flour and you wanted it psychoactive, so it's going to be THCA, you have to decarb it, which is a heat process. It can be done in the oven. It can be done in a device, but you have to decarb it to make it active, to make it THC, make it psychoactive. Then you have to infuse it into an oil or a butter. And again, that's just a heat process in time. So you can do that on a pan on the butter in the stove and 
cook it for a couple hours on low heat, three, four hours on low heat, strain it, pour it into butter molds, and now you've got infused butter for any type of recipe. The process is virtually the same for oils, whether you want infused olive oil. Um, and you can infuse any oil. Any oil will is, uh, it accepts cannabinoids, and you may want canola oil, you may want coconut oil, you may want, um, I don't know, I, people have infused bacon grease because they like the taste of bacon, you know. Wow. Any <laughs> type of, thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> peanut oils, uh, saffron oil. Um, Avocado oh, oil. Mm -hmm. Avocado oil, you name any kind of oil that you might want to use in a recipe or an application, you can infuse that. There's a third route, which would be called extraction with alcohol. So then after you do your decarboxylation, you would do an extraction with alcohol, which is easy to do. It's called QWET. You can find the instructions on the internet or in our group, um, but you just freeze it overnight, shake it for three minutes the next day. This is alcohol and flour. Strain it when you're done. Now that liquid is tincture. I can take that as a dropper and put that in my coffee in the morning, and I can put 25 milligrams of THC in every cup of coffee liquid, and because of the heat of the coffee, that alcohol, that Everclear, will start to evaporate instantly, and I oh, medicate wow. my coffee. I can take that tincture and put it on a candle warmer or a coffee warmer, and I can evaporate all that alcohol out until I have this tarry oil substance left, and that's fully extracted cannabis oil. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's the fecal, well, right? That's exactly what okay. that is. And if you've got a little bit of fecal in a glass that you've just evaporated, you put just a little bit of liquid lecithin in on top of that and stir it up real good to incorporate it, pour that in your gummy mix. Pour your gummies, you're done. You have to process from flour to get to a couple of stages. Not difficult. Um, there's machines available. You don't need machines. You can do it with stuff that you have. It's going now. It's just a bite at a time. What do you want to learn first? Mm -hmm. Normally, it's butter or it's gummies. And after they master gummies, mm -hmm. it's, well, I'd like to try suckers. Hard hit. Well, <laughs> uh, how many people do you see walking around with suckers with sticks hanging out of their mouth in the summer? A pretty oh, yeah. nondescript, pretty nondescript way to medicate in public. It's easy, great. Easy. I've made so, cannabis oil in the crock pot. I and the mason works. jar in the crock pot. That was great. I made oil in the crock pot just yesterday, the day before. The oil so my daughter, my granddaughter was putting in capsules I made in a crock pot just the other day. <laughs> That's awesome. I was going to ask you about, I know I see a lot of people saying, oh, you should buy a magic butter machine or a Levo or an Ardent or something, but you don't really need to do that. You can do it with stuff you have at home, like your crockpot. Right. You don't need to buy that special equipment. Some of those devices are handy if you're going to do big volumes. Like if you have a home grow and you've got a pound of trim laying around or things, if you've got the volume to work with, the magic butter machine needs a half ounce to an ounce minimum. You're probably not going to go to the dispensary and spend $400 on an ounce and come no. home and make butter with it. No. That's not happening. Mm -hmm. So when you have access to the volume, some of these machines make things a lot easier, right. but you, you don't need any of them. Because they're expensive. <laughs> they, are they can expensive. be. They can be. They can be. Yeah, absolutely. I have an ardent that I got as a gift and it's great. I use it to decarb anything before I do something with it, but it's just, it was so, I could not, I would not have been able to buy it myself because it was so expensive, but it's a wonderful little machine. Is it the little one? Yeah. I got the, the first one of the first ones. I wish I had the big okay. one. That would you be so much more helpful. You know, you can infuse in that too, right? Yes. I got the infusion yeah. sleeve. Yeah. I just wish I had the big one to infuse like bigger amounts. I actually do have the bigger one. Oh, God. <laughs> Nicole's really jealous, jealous of you I'm now. I'm so jealous. <laughs> well, when they, when they put it out, they had this um, beta testing thing with this ridiculous massive discount. It was like $90. It was a ridiculous price. Oh, wow. To beta test it. So I bought one and had to return it, you know, because it was a beta test. Um, but they replaced it, and I got a hell of a deal on it. And that's why I still I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. That so awesome. Yeah, those are those are helpful. <laughs> I will yeah, say that. It devices, does make things easy. Yeah. <laughs> devices are helpful. Uh, my distiller has become very, very useful to me. I use mm. I used my distiller yesterday. Oh. Yeah, because if you're going to if you're going to do a big batch, for example, if you had say a, a, a pound of trim, well then you might decarb it 
four ounces at a time in your Arden FX. And then you might run it through a cycle on the magic butter machine, four ounces at a time, and process that all into tincture. At the end of that, you'd have somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,500 milliliters of alcohol tincture. So two jars about this tall of wow. tincture. So running it through the distiller, I can recover that Everclear, put it back in the bottle and use it for next time. And then mm -hmm. I take the reduced tincture and I'll put that in a candle warmer. And when the rest of that alcohol is gone, I'll start sucking it up in syringes because I'll have FECO. There is so much I don't know yet. <laughs> Nicole is planning. I am planning. I, like, I have so much to learn. Yes, I'm like, hmm. Uh, no, I mean, There's that's a, the, that's the thing about, that's the thing about like cannabis and, and what you can do is, is there's so much, I think that people don't know yet that they can, that they can do to help themselves with cannabis. And that, that's the thing is like, you can, people just think that, you know, they're, they're still in this idea that, that cannabis is on the street and in some States it is like, it's it still is. not it legal. Is. It's still not, they can't get it. And, and and I'm, and I'm sorry, like, I know that some people are probably listening from states and they're like, oh my gosh, they're having this conversation about doing all these things and I can't even get it. And I'm, you know, and I'm, and I'm sorry because it really can make a huge impact on chronic pain and chronic illness. Like, you know, cancer patients, it, it's huge in like, because a lot of cancer patients vomit food after chemotherapy mm -hmm. and have, they have no appetite nausea yep. and it really it it settles that a lot they've found that it helps um epileptics with their seizures people move from non-cannabis states to cannabis states so they can get medicine yes yeah they, it happens mm -hmm. all the time they move from places where they can't get it to places where they can and their life improves because their health improves exactly yeah. exactly it's it it can be life-changing. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've read story after story of life's changing because of cannabis and it, it needs, the stigma needs to, to just go. It just needs to go. 100%. Um, it, it, we, we did a huge disservice to ourselves with this stigma about yes, cannabis, but there's, there's so much that we are able to do for ourselves with it. And this idea that you can only get it at a dispensary that you can only take it, you know, by smoking it, you know, there's so many different ways to ingest it. There's so many different ways to, to make it. There's, there's so many different combinations of it. That's the whole thing about like hybrids and terpenes. And it's so important to research all of it. Can I share one more discovery that we made with, uh, over yeah, the years? Definitely. My wife recently had a knee replacement a little over a year ago. My wife was bone on bone in her right knee for probably three or four years. She went through all of the injections and therapies and all of the treatments prior to a knee replacement and was told at 48, you're not going to get a knee replacement until you're 50, so you're going to have to live with it. And we went to other doctors and they said, nope, not till you're 50. And so she was going to suffer and be on pills for another two years. We did an event. One of our members came up and introduced themselves and explained something that he had discovered, and I'm going to share it with you. It was raw CBD, raw CBD flour, and 12 anti-inflammatory terpenes. Only CBD and these 12 terpenes in a capsule. No THC, no nothing. Just the hemp flour, just the terpene. My wife started taking them, and her knee immediately stopped hurting, and she found she had a clarity of thought in her daytime work that she hadn't had before, and her knee stopped hurting. So the CBD um, helped with the clarity of the thought, the, you know, cleared your mind up, made you sharp, focused, um, and all the terpenes, the anti-inflammation, pulled all the inflammation out of her knee, and it stopped hurting. Wow. We still, we both take those capsules today. I add CBGA, raw CBGA, and raw CBD. I run them through a blender, 
I put the terpenes in the capsule and the recipe is, is in the group. I put the terpenes in the capsule, I put the flour in the capsule, tamp it down, put a little bit of coconut oil in there for absorption and close them up and throw them in the fridge. We've been taking these for three years. We don't miss a day with these capsules because they do so much for pain relief. That's incredible. Yeah, stunning. This gentleman, his wife went through knee replacements with no opioids using these capsules. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's amazing. So that's unheard of. That's crazy. And it's, it's not cannabis. It's not THC. It's not even something you're going to get at the dispensary. It's just something we've discovered by doing it ourselves over the years. So if people want to learn how to make this recipe for themselves, they would join the group and yeah, then in, yeah. in the group, it's in the files, right? The, yeah, yep, okay. In the files. And, <laughs> and for people where they're buying, where do you buy terpenes? You can buy them lots of places. I prefer to buy them at places that give our members a discount. So I buy them from Floraplex, which is a company in Indiana. I buy them from Drizzledab, which is actually a company in Illinois. Oh. There is another company called True Terpenes, and they don't give us a discount. So I don't buy from them unless the other two companies don't have what I want. That makes but sense. But that's where I buy them. And I buy terpene isolates. I buy Myrcene, I don't buy Ghost Train Haze terpene. Because you can buy strain blend terpenes. If you have a favorite flower strain and you have trouble finding it, you can buy that terpene, put it on a little cotton ball and put it in your next bar of, uh, bottle of flower. Guess what it's gonna smell like when you open it up next time? Your favorite flower. Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. I've got a jar and I've, I've got a cotton gauze pad on it. And I put my terpenes on it and I put it in there and seal it up. Oh, so do the terpenes absorb into the cannabis then? When you yeah. put the, oh, that yeah. is so cool. I love this. It's just like, <laughs> have you ever put an orange peel in your flower jar to moisten a bit? Yes. So you got moisture and some terpenes. You got both. I'm buying terpenes today. <laughs> <laughs> That's my next big purchase. <laughs> they are, they are expensive and very potent. So yes. like a, a drop at a time. Uh, okay. There's probably two drops in one of my capsules. There's 12 in the blend, but there's probably two drops of a dropper. Oh, okay. I, I, I use a pipette, uh, a pipette, so I do 50 micrograms, but it's about two drops out of a dropper per capsule. Oh, that's great. And that's with the CBD flower from yep. the grower. Yes. Okay. Yep. <sighs> and we buy those from High Hope Farm in Marengo, Illinois, or Fern Valley Farms in um, Oregon. Oregon, right? Okay. Yeah, and of course we have discounts for both of those companies in the files. Oh wow, I had never heard of the Illinois company. That's that's great. We've done classes at the Illinois uh, uh, farm in Marengo. We've oh. done a, we did a we did a basics class up there, and we did a fecal class up there, and we did a capsule class up there. Now that I think about it, I can't wait to be able to come to classes. I can't do anything because I'm not able to be vaccinated, so I can't leave my house really. <laughs> so when I can, I will be coming to many events. <laughs> great. Great. Well, they're starting. There's going to be Central Illinois events soon, and we can help people do events in any state if we just use Zoom, kind of like we're doing here. Yeah. Um, we've got members around the country that want to do potlucks. We can do a teaching or something on Zoom and help them make that happen in another state. So, oh, that is so cool. Awesome. That is. This group is amazing. We're going to be broadcasting free grow classes very, very soon through the group, through Zoom. Oh, yeah. I will be free, there for that. Free home grow classes. One of our partners uh, has been doing them in Wheeling and he's been doing the free classes and he's going to, we're going to work with him to zoom them and broadcast them soon. Oh, that's so great. That is exciting. So, so, exciting. so tell us about, about the group. Um, because I think, you know, after this conversation, a lot of people are going to be like, I need to How be able to join. Um, <laughs> is uh <laughs> I think, you know, with all the recipes, with all the files we've talked about, um, you know, they're, they're, just tell us a little bit more about the group and where people can find you guys. Uh, well, we're on, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. We are, uh, it's a private uh, group on Facebook. So you'll have to get a link that will drop in for you. And in order to join the group, you're gonna see two questions. And the first one is, are you a medical user? of cannabis or hemp, or are you a caregiver? Um, and the second question is, do you agree not to attempt to sell anything or promote yourself or anything 
in our group. And you have to say yes to both of those. Okay. Ours is not the group to investigate using cannabis as medicine. Ours is the group for people who've already made that decision and need help learning how to make whatever, capsules, tinctures, salves, patches, whatever they want to make. That's Once they're in the system and they know what they want to do, then we can help them learn to make anything they want to make. So basically a closed private Facebook group. The one thing that makes it different from most social media is, is really the way that I, I maintain the group. Um, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't let people, uh, be mean to each other. I don't let people snipe at each other. Uh, kindness is required. Uh, we just don't have any of that social media backbiting. I just remove people that, that want to behave that way. And the reason that I do that is because when, when we started the group in 1997, the number one reason people were getting a card was for PTSD. Mm -hmm. And and someone with PTSD can't be in a group asking questions and have them people ridicule them and make fun of them because it was a stupid question. Definitely. So I don't allow that. Uh, I've got rules against that. I remove people pretty quickly for those types of behaviors. Uh, it is a medically faced community. There's no weed memes. There's no stoner memes. Mm -hmm. uh, we're we're patients and caregivers trying to learn to make our medicine and help others. Uh, it's a bit like that little change thing at the checkout counter at 7-Eleven. <laughs> if you got a couple cents, you drop it in. If you need a couple cents, you take it out. Yep. That's, that's how the group operates. And it's a patient uh, helping patient community. And it's just a big flipping love fest. I mean, it's the most supportive, encouraging place that exists. I mean, I, it's really the only place I go on Facebook um, because it's safe. It's, it's a safe. wonderful group. There's no politics. There's nope. no nonsense. Mm -mm. We just, you know, talk about stuff and help people. And we don't talk about the news, you know, cannabis news. This is a DIY group. Right. Let's make some gummies. Let's make some FICO. What's your, <laughs> what can we help you learn? You know, that's, that's what we do. That's how we do it. It's open to anybody that anywhere, as long as you say yes to two questions, join us and look around and, Read the rules and say hi. <laughs> Follow the rules, guys. Follow the rules. <laughs> it's yeah, a really it's, great group. It is because I enforce the rules. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I agree. You know, you run a great so... group, Michael. Seriously, it's wonderful. Yeah. I, I just, we, I, we're getting threatened with shutdown, so we're being very, very careful about conduct and posts and things like that. So we have to be careful. Okay. Uh, still a sensitive topic, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we want you know what we want to thank you for coming on, and this has been so informative and honestly, so helpful. Like, I want to go through like every recipe, and I want to talk about. Everything, but, <laughs> and um, Kelly, I sent you an invite to the group, so thank you. Welcome. <laughs> this, has been, this has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed this. this is, it was great. So interesting. Um, we really, we really want to thank you. And again, we're going to put the link to the group in the show notes. Um. And we'll have it in our Facebook group. You can find it there. And uh, yeah, thank you. And you guys have a great week and look forward to part two next week. Thank you so much for having me. I had a ton of fun. Nice to meet you both. Thank you thank again, you. Michael.